1: Welcome in everybody to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Troche, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. And Bill, we are coming to you and our audience on Sunday, a special selection show Sunday edition of the All-America Podcast. The selection committee did not deliver any surprises at uh, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, and Ohio State four, and we are, um, well, uh, well, before we get into the picks, I I looked at, I mean, the selections, I looked at, I was waiting last night for Mike DeCoursey to file from Indianapolis after the Big Ten championship game, and it hit me, the 2022 regular season bill is over.
2: Yeah, it, it doesn't. It'll <laughs> hit me about Wednesday. You know, I, uh, this is part of the tradition. You know, obviously today with all the bull picks and the selection, and then you vote for the Heisman and then you get into all American teams. And it's about Thursday where I'm like, wow, that was intense. That was like a long, you know, fun season, fun ride. More to more to come. I mean, obviously, we've been pretty busy cranking it out over at Sporting News. And, and, um, yeah, it, it this, there's this two week period where you're like, man, that was, that went faster than I thought.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to do between now and January 9th, right? we got the, you know, the, the signing period is one thing that's going to be in the middle of December. We've got the coaching carousel still spinning. We've got all the bowl games that are going to start to kick off. Then, of course, we're going to have the college football playoff. But um, just the 14-hour the, 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 the college football carnival. Every Saturday is over. I, I I turned off the Big Ten championship game. There was there was no other late night game right. to uh, to finish the night off, and uh, it just felt kind of kind of strange. So uh, we're not ready to pour one out yet for the twenty twenty two season, but because uh, we're still working, and you're you're working more than I am, I think. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it's been quite uh, quite an adventure, and here we are. So the four teams that we've we've uh, that have made the playoff. We predicted it correctly yesterday, uh, inside baseball. You wrote a bunch of pre you know pre wrote a bunch of stuff, assuming that that was going to be the order. Um, Why did you pick that order? And uh, do you think that uh, you obviously were not surprised that the committee agreed?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
2: Yeah, I kind of, you know, so I was thinking about this when we talked on the Twitter spaces yesterday, we were talking about the dilemma that the committee was potentially in. And then the more I thought about it is like, it's not the committee's job to give Georgia the correct opponent. It's to rank the four teams in the order that they should be ranked. And I think they got it right. I mean, one and two is easy. Georgia 13 and 0 defending national champion, Michigan 13 and 0, uh, the new bully of the big 10. Um, you figured Ohio State was going to get in at four, and they rewarded they didn't reward them further, which I enjoy. That, you know, like, yes, and we'll get into this. Is TC would TCU be a easier matchup for Georgia? Probably, based on a talent perspective. But that doesn't take away from what TCU and Max Duggan did in the Big Twelve. I thought Boo Corrigan's answers to Reese on the, the show were right in line with what I thought. Other than when they said was there any talk did the word rematch pop up in the committee and he said uh th- there was no talk in the room about Michigan Ohio State and my son we were on the way to a basketball game he goes do you think they were talking about it in the hallway and I was like absolutely somebody was talking about it so um no they, they got it right though one through four as often this committee does I mean over nine years they don't they don't make too many mistakes here it was you got to give them credit for doing the right thing I do wonder if they would have
1: the guts, okay, to say, yes, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State is the field. They're the four teams that earned playoff berths, but we're going to put TCU fourth because we do think they're the fourth best team, and the whole best team versus best resume thing that Nick Saban was trying to you know get everybody to think about yesterday, I think Georgia has a high, harder road. Than Michigan, I think Georgia is a seven-point favorite right now against Ohio State. I think that number would be ten or eleven against TCU, mm-hmm. and that's weird. Uh, you got a fourteen field. The number one seed should have the easiest road.
2: Yes and no. I mean, but it's still their job to stack these guys up. I mean, it's not there. It's not their responsibility to give Georgia the easiest road. It's to Basically, it, it on, is
1: though, isn't that what the NCAA basketball tournament does? Well, this isn't
2: like that's that they don't, and they rarely do that. I mean, ask Kentucky, they get they always get that eight nine matchup <laughs> against Wichita. So, I'm, I'm sure Calipari <laughs> will disagree with that sentence sentiment right away. Um, no, I, I just think it's their job to rank the four teams how they should be ranked. And to your point, this is the sticky point of it, is Ohio State is a super talented team. It's one I'm gonna be honest with you about another thing. When you sent me the updated national championship odds, if I was ranking national championship odds, I would put Ohio State second. And I know, I know they, I know what happened with Michigan, but I just the rematch factor. I think but that's they're the almost value.
1: certainly not going to play TCU. Right. You
2: know I mean? So I like, thought
1: Michigan's odds would be way higher because they have an easier game in, in the in the semifinal, and but they're not.
2: Right. You know, and that's
1: they're a little higher, but.
2: So what you said, Ohio State's a seven-point dog against Georgia. That number would be ten and a half or eleven and a half. You're right. If TCU was playing them, what's the Michigan TCU spread? Ten. That should be lower. I, I think. TCU's or not nine and a half. That's I think that's about, about right nine and a half. See, I think TCU is going to hang around with them, and and it's kind of how I felt about Purdue for a half last night because I think mm-hmm. TCU is a enhanced version of it's contrast in styles too. Some of it is like when Ohio state and Georgia play, and I believe you'll be there for us uh, being down there in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. the collection of NFL talent on the field is going to be absurd. You're going to see a very fast football game with talent. And it's less about contrast of styles and more about execution. I think the Michigan TCU game comes down to a contrast in styles. TCU plays wide open, big 12 football throws it around, has a running game around it. Michigan is the just, very impressive with what Harbaugh's done, the way that they can run it down your throat. They're going to play tough defense. They're going to be healthy. So I, I think the matchups are great. I think they got it right. Um, to your point, four.
1: I saw, I think it was um, Todd McShay was on that. Mm-hmm. He had his top five NFL prospects for the, the four teams, and Michigan did not have one in the top five. And TCU, number five, Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver, mm-hmm. was the f- number five guy. And one through four was Georgia and Ohio State. I don't remember exactly who it was. Um, Harrison and Harrison. I'm sure and- it was. Jalen Carter, <laughs> yeah, right. Stroud, whatever. So, right. yeah, I mean, it was easy to, to um, pick right. out the names. I just didn't look – it came off the screen right, right. quick. But I did not. I did recognize Michigan didn't have one, and then TCU was the number five. So I just thought that was interesting.
2: No, yeah. And, I mean, like I said, you're, you're basically going to watch in – NFL draft game. Like there's gonna be so much talent. And that's awesome. And and the other part of it is too, you know what I like that they did. Um, and we'll get into this more over the next month, I'm sure. So being a central Ohio native and knowing the Buckeye fan base very well, they're sending them down to Atlanta. They didn't reward them for that's not backing into the playoff. That's all right, you've had your pride tested. Now you got to go down to Atlanta, where it's gonna be very partisan Georgia. Um there's historical implications from that dating back to, like, the Civil War, by the way. So, I mean, it's just <laughs> a place where Ohio State is going to have to perform well and play well. And, um, you know, I, I, I love it. I love that they have to go down there and do it. What
1: – you're a pretty good Ohio State historian. Have they played in the state of Georgia in the
2: last if, 50 these years? Schools, these schools have played one time, 1993 Citrus Bowl. I remember watching the game. You know, Georgia beat them in that Someone game. Someone said
1: Kirk Herbstreet was the QB. I
2: well, I you know that's something we're <laughs> going to have to look back. I I'm going to kick myself if I'm wrong, but I believe Garrison Hurst was Georgia's tailback in that game. So that's how long ago we're looking at. And right. uh, but of course that
1: game wasn't in the state of Georgia. I'm curious if Ohio State has played in the state of Georgia in a in a while. We'd
2: have to look at Georgia Tech, but I mean, like I said, there, there's definitely you know, when Ohio State beat Alabama, in 14 they made all those shirts that said like 85 yards through the the heart of the south and georgia you know there's no love lost between these two programs it's going to be a lot of fun um, and, and again it's ohio state it's kind of a let, let's do the up the best case worst case best case is they go and do what they did in 14 go win a national championship by beating georgia and michigan worst case scenario is they get thumped by georgia in another like in a physical way and then you're like ryan Day's going to be asked you know that they'll be questioned about their toughness all the way into next september so there's a lot on the line for the buckeyes i think it's a phenomenal game i'm glad they put it in prime time and uh you're gonna see a really fun game there
1: yeah what do you think the mindset is in columbus because like you know the world was absolutely collapsing seven days eight days ago right mm-hmm. i mean collapsing And now they're on the brink of a national championship or they get to compete for a national championship against the number one team in the country and then potentially avenge their humiliating loss to Michigan. I mean, what a swing in eight days for them.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, eight days ago they wanted Ryan Day fired. Now it's like you see some of the tweets and it's like, bring it on Michigan, you know, like, (laughs) and you know, put this on the, you know, whatever McCarthy and Edwards said in the press conference last night, it was like, they were kind of like, yeah, we bring it on. And then like, Somebody's like, well, put that on in the woody hate. Just don't worry about Michigan right now. You've got to worry about Georgia. Georgia is going to be a fun challenge for them. I do like, you know, I was listening to some of the things about what Brian Day was saying that Friday, that that loss lingered in their building until about Thursday. And then players are watching the big 10 or the Pac-12 championship game. And you saw some tweets that night from Harrison, from a couple other players that, you know, they've got new life. And, that's dangerous. That's why Ryan Day said they could be dangerous. It is 19- to 22-year-olds, and once you're given a second chance, I think they're going to give Georgia a heck of a shot. I'm going to break this, down, break this game down a little bit more tonight. Danger game for Georgia, though, in some ways.
1: Yeah, and you say second chance, giving them a second chance, and people aren't going to give them any chance to win. And a talented team that feels like they're the underdog is also a dangerous team to deal with. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Nick Saban's politicking yesterday, Bill? What'd you think?
2: I was slacking. I, I, beneath him is how I would describe it. Going on Fox, which is a, you know, in theory, Big Ten, you know, like, think think of what Big Ten fans of Michigan, Purdue, and Ohio State fans were obviously watching that too last night. Some of my buddy from Texas, I'm like, how is Nick Saban on Fox? I mean, you know, like, it was like a bad political commercial. He, to be fair... He raises some good points, but they're theoretical points, right? Like he pulled out that well, we would be favored, yes, Alabama would be favored against t c u um we didn't do this. He brought up Bryce Young's injury, but the bottom line comes down where he lost me was he said, we've got to look at metrics other than wins and losses, and that's the first thing we look at. you know you and were that's fav- what
1: he talks about he he you know a month ago he was talking on his radio show. We don't look at point spreads. we just look at the opponent, you know right. point spreads don't matter right? Well, they matter now, apparently. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a complete waste of time. He was approaching the media. Obviously he was reaching out. He was politicking for his team. This wasn't like Sonny Dykes being asked in the press conference after the game, do you think you should be in? Of course he's going to say, yeah, I think we should be in. And he goes over the resume and that's fine, but he wasn't initiating the question. Saban was pitching himself out to ESPN, pitching himself out to Fox. It wasn't going to make a difference. The only thing I could think of was, you know, being in his position of coaching these guys and asking them to do every weight room session, every film session, every do everything you can do for Alabama football. And so maybe he felt like I need to do everything I can do for Alabama football, even if it's sort of ridiculous where I have to sit through these interviews and in, in politics for a team that I know is probably not going to make it. I can go to bed and I can look those guys in the face and say, hey, Mm -hmm. I did everything I could just like you guys do everything you can for me. I'm doing everything I can for you. That was the only thing I could think of because, come on. I mean, they're not going to change their mind as to what you say at an, an interview at halftime of Fox. And I was just like, you know, the guy that Nick Saban is linked with most closely in college football history is who? Bear Bryant,
2: right? Right. Brian gonna do this heck no <laughs> no no then his voice carries obviously and he was able to do that and and I go back to the year where they got in and Ohio State didn't and he was on Van Pelt like 30 seconds after the big Ten championship game and I in that case it worked because I think at that that debate was 50 50 you know you, you threw some percentages at me this morning where it was like who do you think four or, you know three and four and you were like 55% TCU, 35% Alabama or, Ohio State, 5% Alabama or 10% whatever. I just didn't think they deserved to be in. You know, you lost two games and no two-loss team has made it. I don't think they were an exception because when I watched Alabama this year, I didn't feel like that is the, you know what kicker type team that they normally are. I was like that team makes too many mistakes. Bryce Young's been hurt. I get that part of it. He can bring that up. But by the way, Ohio State's been missed their bet. Well. Maybe not their best receiver anymore, but one of their best offensive players all year. Michigan won their two biggest games in the last two weeks without a Heisman contender. So maybe that's not the right chord to strike. Right, injuries are injured.
1: They had nothing to hang their hat on. Ultimately, of course, they have the most NFL players. They have the most five stars. It's you know that that's maybe Georgia has an argument, but. They just didn't get it together this year. You know, right. the cornerbacks had commit personal uh, penalty, uh, pass interference penalties on third down repeatedly over and over and over and turnovers. And just they didn't play great on the road. They had nothing to hang their hat on. You know, they just for whatever reason. And Bryce Young, probably their best quarterback they've had in this phenomenal run or close to it. But beyond him, they just couldn't get it together. The offensive line was not the typical dominant offensive line that they've had. And defense has big names. They're going to have big uh, people drafted really high. But they just never could get it together. And, yeah, they they didn't deserve, based on the teams ahead of them, and they got some chaos to bump them up. But just – there wasn't enough chaos to get them in this year.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? I've said this a couple times. I You know I always make the joke the season doesn't really start until Alabama loses. <laughs> well, the playoff will be okay without Alabama. You know, we can do it for one year. I, I was thinking about this, and I we need a stat- ESPN statistician or something. Um, what a, So Alabama won it in 2020. We were officially like three years. We've had a drought where, guess what? Alabama hasn't won a national title. Sorry about your Patriots. They haven't won a Super Bowl and Duke hasn't won a basketball national title and the world's still turning. You know what? You're not going to want to hear this as a Patriots fan, Bill. Well, it's yeah. only two years that Alabama right. hasn't won it. 2020 right. is only
1: two years ago. Yeah.
2: But the NFL is fine without the Patriots winning it every other year. I know you don't want to hear that, but like <laughs> the NFL is like, super exciting because i don't know who's going to win the super Bowl. i knew when brady and belichick were together <laughs> that it's a good bet they're playing on them at least in the champion afc championship duke without coach k they're still going to be good but it it's okay if duke and north carolina and kansas aren't <laughs> in the final four so but to to that point like you could fire back i guess that uh, george is pretty good and ohio state's been there five times and michigan's now on us. these are you know what Clatt, Joel Clatt said that last night. You look at the stats, the last two years, three best records in college football, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, all in the playoff. That's pretty cool. Yep, yep.
1: And, uh, yeah, and then we got the fun team in in TCU. I wanted to give you a chance to give some leftover thoughts from the championship weekend. Friday night, we saw a, a crazy comeback uh, 17 to three USC was out in front. We had USC booked for the, for the playoff. It seems like three weeks ago, but, uh, USC was in fantastic shape. And then all of a sudden they ended up losing by what? 23 points maybe. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, and then the big 12 title game came down to inches. Literally just, uh, where do you
2: okay. want to take it? When you think back at this, to this weekend, what are you going to remember? Three players. I'm going to remember Caleb Williams, even in a loss, limping up and down the field, trying to take his team down. And it didn't work out. And a lot got written about what was on his fingernails. But that dude played. He played through an injury. He was gutting it out. And and on the other side, the Utah quarterback, Cam Rising, taking a hellacious hit for starters. Mm. Like, oh, my gosh, he got up. I'm like, that was one, like, when you're on your phone with your buddies, literally all of us texted, like, OMG and – Holy cow and and probably some other words, but wow. I was glad
1: his head was not still in the helmet.
2: Right. So that's <laughs> those guys gotten it out. Max Duggan, you know, just crying in the press conference because it means something to him. You know, a guy that's three year starter. And, you know, Caleb and Duggan are probably gonna be standing on a podium next Saturday, and they both deserve that. Um, one other is Aiden O'Connell, honestly. Uh, you know, lost his brother and goes out. And then the first half, he played lights out. And you know, when he had, I think he's going to be a decent NFL quarterback, like just one that gets a shot and hangs around in the league because he was so smart, he played so well. I can't imagine, like, losing a sibling and trying to play. And for him to go out there and gut it out, I mean, that's what this is about. Purdue obviously was overmatched, but, you know, in the first half that was fun to watch. So, you know, for those college kids, you you and I talk so much about it, and, you know, being a dude in his 40s, I'm like, you forget that. Oh, those kids are like 19 to 22 and their people's livelihoods, like rooting for them, hang on them. But to watch those guys gut it out was pretty awesome. And, and yeah, I know you have different feelings about conference championship weekend than I do, but that that's what makes it special for me.
1: And we had a development in the ACC, right? Cade Klubnick showed Dabo waited way too long right. to go to him. And had he gone earlier, I think they would have beaten South Carolina. I think they would be in the playoff. I think Clemson would be playing Georgia in the Peach Bowl instead of Ohio State.
2: Good chance. And I mean they can continue to build that momentum. It's a fun. So the Tennessee Orange Bowl will be fun. They'll be everybody will be in orange. So it's start they got to color coordinate that. They gotta tell the Clemson fans you gotta wear purple. You know, <laughs> you you guys wear purple, we'll wear orange. Otherwise it'll get super confusing. But you know that was supposed to be Hendon Hooker versus DJU. You're probably you're going to get Nick and Milton. So, um, yeah. But another thing, I mean that that program's fine. They're not. He looked awesome. Nick looked awesome.
1: He's a baller, Run, running and passing yeah. and yeah. just everything. There was just a spark to the team. I mean, I don't know. Just it, there was a big difference. You could totally tell when he came in the game. DJU to UCLA. What do you think? That possible?
2: Be. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks moving. And that's another thing that we talked about is, you know, when Caleb Williams and he's probably going to be the fourth transfer quarterback to win the Heisman in the last six years, which is amazing. Amazing. And that's, that's the model. I mean, Michael Penix had a big year Uh, and they're doing it in year one, which is the amazing part to me. Cause I always thought when Joe Burrow transferred, the first year was rough and then the second year was really good. And I always thought at that time, I was like, if you get a transfer quarterback, you're going to get the best out of them in year two. So the ones that get the second year starter that transfers and hangs around. I mean, some of these guys are going to do well. It's going to be a busy week for us tracking where all these quarterbacks go. Um there was 20 out of 65 I think this year out of the Power 5 schools. There's going to be more than that, I think. <laughs> no, I can't I can't say that, but I can't not say it. There's going to be a lot.
1: Yeah. There's no question about it. Um we'll see, and there's a lot of teams that are going to be in the market, too. So, going to right. be fun to track over the offseason for sure. One thing we're also tracking, coaching carousel, Dion Sanders announced he is going to Colorado. Can he fix that program? They've been down, down, down for a long time. And I'm not optimistic he can do it, but I'd like to hear your
2: thoughts. Uh, you know, when I was coming through grade school, they were the it program. <laughs> Growing up in a Catholic school, they were the like Notre Dame's nemesis in the early nineties with Hagan mm-hmm. and Bienemy and you know the Bill McCartney teams that were really good and you can win there. I mean, he's got to be able to recruit there. And uh, the the only thing that's weird to me about it is, I thought, you know, Dion's a spotlight guy. He is. He. I mean, the spotlight. Rather, he, he. I don't know that he's a spotlight guy, but the spotlight's going to be on him regardless. So it takes up a lot of oxygen. That's for sure. Correct. So is Colorado big enough? I mean, like, how long does that last? It's the Pac-12 is going to change, obviously, but you're seeing recruiting news already that some guys are interested in following him. He's going to be loud. It's going to be good for the Pac-12. That that is a tough place to win. It's been a tough place to win since really since Gary Barnett left. I think they had the one year with McIntyre where they made the Pac-12 championship game. So, we're going to find out. I mean, I think some of it comes down to his staff, his recruiting, how he handles NIL, and how long is he there? Like is this a a stepping stone job to Florida I mean, State. I, I think he made that clear. His statement yesterday to his
1: team was in the coaching profession, you either elevate or get you, you get elevated or you get terminated. That's what he think, said. That's what he said to his team. Uh, do you think every,
2: he'll be Florida State's coach in five years?
1: Everything is short term. No, I don't think he's going to do well in Colorado. So I, I right. don't. Um, it's going to be the one positive for him. It seems like his son is a very good quarterback. I mean, at least at the you know, in the SWAC level. Mm-hmm. Now, does the SWAC translate to the pack twelve? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but if he can if his brings his son with him, which I assume he's going to, um, Shador, and then he uh you know, starts off on the above average quarterback, that's step one, right? Mm-hmm. And and you it's it's tough to win without a good quarterback. Um it'll be interesting to see who he brings with him. He's got, I think, five or six FBS-level players at Jackson State. That's why they rolled to an undefeated season this year. He's not going to enjoy the, the talent advantage at Colorado that he's you know enjoying at Jackson State relative to the rest of his league. So we will see how he can do when it's on a more level playing field. But, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm not rooting against sure. him, but I, f-
2: I think it's going to be tough. They open with TCU next year. TCU gonna are they gonna open when TCU's hanging their banner? <laughs> no. You know, like it's uh it's cool. I again I think it's good and, and you know it's good for us because it's another vibrant personality. He's another guy that not to get on too much of a tangent. There are certain guys that it's like with Jim Harbaugh, for example. Jim Harbaugh is so much better for college football than he is the NFL. Like he's just, it's awesome having, now you're already seeing those pop up. But these NFL teams are interested in Jim Harbaugh. He's another coach in the NFL. Even with his personality, he's just another coach that, you know, but in college he's this, you saw the the cam last night, right? With the-, yeah. the So my thought on that was like, I was laughing because I was like, the look of disgust on his face at the end, I was like, oh my gosh. And I've ref a little bit of basketball. I was was like, I've had people give me that look. And then it's like, it was amazing. So it's good to have Dion in the game. It's good to have Harbaugh in the playoff. Um, It's going to be fun. I can't wait to like break down some of these games tonight.
1: Yeah. So let's break down some fake games. How about that? Uh, Since we don't have any more real games for a little while. Uh, we've looked at the 12 team field and what it would look like each week as they've re- released the rankings. And so now we have the final rankings and the, you know the 12 team playoff format was approved. Basically, last week, the Rose Bowl finally surrendered and is not getting special treatment. Poor Rose Bowl. Sorry, Big, Big Ten. Sorry, Bill. But the Rose Bowl is just another bowl uh, now, and they're going to get in line and allow the 2024 playoff to be a 12-team field instead of a four-team field. So we looked at the final rankings uh, and then the rules about seeding, which they're going to be very controversial. I feel like I was the first one on on this, and uh, we'll we'll address it later. But they're not seeding them 1 through 12 in any way. But anyway, um, so if – there was a 12-team bracket with these final rankings. Uh, The top four seeds would be one Georgia, two Michigan, which is what it should be. Three is Clemson, and four is Utah, (laughs) which, again, they're not the four best teams. But um, those are the four best conference champs, which is the format they've agreed on at least for now until people realize they're not doing it right. But anyway, so they have a first-round bye. So the first round matchups would be, uh, number 12, Tulane, as the power, best power five school, highest ranked power five champ. I'm sorry. Group of five champ, um, at TCU <laughs> TCU would drop to number five seed. Um, so two lane at TCU winner gets Utah winner gets Utah. Then we've got Penn state, Ohio state rematch, which they've played some great games over the past few years earlier in October. Uh, Penn State was winning in the fourth quarter. If you remember that and then Ohio State ran away from them with a nice explosion. That would be uh, a first round match it would be it would be in Columbus this time with the with Clemson awaiting the winner of that one. USC would visit Alabama and the potential last two Heisman trophy quarterbacks would be playing off against each other. That would be a must see TV for sure. Winner gets Michigan. And then uh, Kansas State, who played its way into the field with that big win over TCU at Tennessee, Neyland Stadium. This would be a, a very unusual game. They've only played once. It was a 2001 Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Hendon Hooker would be out and everything. What, what do you think about that field? When you look at this little pretend bracket, what jumps out at you?
2: But, you know, like you said, I so the way they should do it is you get the 12 teams that are in, and then you seed them like a bracket. And then you go from there like it, no automatic crap. Like you could just say here are the 12 teams and then do like what the basketball committee does one through 12 and nobody can cry about it because there's 12 in the playoff. And some of it would be fairly obvious, but I, I mean, obviously if that, if we had those first round games, um, the only one that really catches my attention to be honest with you would be Alabama USC, mm-hmm. because I think Ohio state would dominate. I think, Utah would win or K-State would win. Yeah, so it just get to the 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 round of 8. So but yeah, I mean Alabama USC for the right to play Michigan. I mean that that's like the power bracket. I always look at this like yeah, okay, which which pod is the best? And that right. pod by far is the best. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. Um
1: Yeah, it's I'm good with the 6 AQs and the 6 at large. I like that whole concept and I like the buys. And right. I like the first round home games. I wish the quarters hopefully will be on be home games too. Um, but you just you gotta seed them one through twelve. I mean, I don't Notre Dame just waved the white flag. What if Marcus Freeman really gets this thing going and Notre Dame's the number one team in the country?
2: Yeah.
1: And, and they they're the a five fight. seed. No,
2: that's <laughs> absurd. Yeah, they're like, the five seed they have to play an extra game. Like, you can play the conference championship games for automatic bids. Fine. Whatever. That's fine. But when you're done, Maybe that can be the committee's purpose. You have, we give you on Sunday morning, we're giving the committee, here's your 12 automatic guys, right? Or here's your 12 teams. And we decide that before and let them bracket them. Like how they should be, because right. otherwise we're going to argue about this now because we're already arguing about it, Bill, and it hasn't even happened. So, well, there'll
1: be a lot of arguments when you go six at large that four, right. fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. I mean, there's gonna be because the, mm. the margin shrinks even more when you get down the list a little bit. So, there'll be plenty of arguing, plenty of
2: interest. In and I, I, can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Like, and then we can get out of here. But do you think Sonny Dykes goes for it yesterday? If he doesn't know if he's in the playoff or not. You he know what I mean? Help. I think I think he kind of knew they were in when they on that fourth and one. Do you think he would have kick a field no, goal? That was the right football decision, no matter what. Like, I'm just asking a question. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I'm asking it. Like, so some of that stuff might come into play, though. Like, let's say TCU had to win the game, and it's fourth and one, and they absolutely then there's no doubt about it, they have to win the game. He might kick the field goal. Maybe. I mean, not fourth a and, fourth and goal from the four. He has to kick, he'll kick the field goal then. You know what I mean? Like some of that will come into play. So I, yeah. thought, I thought he played it off well. I thought he handled the press conference well. And for all this talk about those three huge brands in the playoff, one of the good things that the four-team playoff has created is in back-to-back seasons, we've seen Cincinnati make it. We've seen TCU make it. That's good for college football. Don't care. Like you can say they're the underdog. They have no chance. It's still kind of cool that they're there.
1: Yeah, definitely,
2: definitely. And we finally have a team from Texas. I I know, I saw you tweet that. I was like, that's amazing attention. I would have never guessed that nine years ago, you would have said of the 12 FBS schools in Texas, this is the one that gets in.
1: And we still have zero from California.
2: Also wild. (laughs) Florida's got a couple. Florida's got Florida State at least.
1: They do, they do. All right, let's wrap it up. We got to update the people first, Bill.
2: Oh, no, this is going to (laughs) hurt. I don't want to hear. I don't even want to know what's (laughs) going on. The regular
1: season crown belongs in Atlanta. Uh, The confidence contest, Bill, you even lost your MAC championship bonus. Uh, Oh, that's
2: on my fault. The Ohio
1: Bobcats did not come through for you. I thought they were going to get a backdoor cover at the very end, they couldn't do it. and then down the list, you went one for five, and it was a, bad. In a, oh, it was, in, be- a, in the Power Five, I went four for five. Tally, final tally, 74-59. Regular season crown goes to me. We have to figure out a postseason format. Okay. Haven't haven't figured one out yet. I don't know if we want to do the whole forty-two bowl thing. We'll maybe do. We'll, we'll break we'll do, it up
2: somehow. I have a suggestion, and okay. I did, I take swings. Like I think we'll do something like maybe we'll do. I do a man, I can just cheat and double work. Then I do a a pool with some of my buddies where we take like the last 20 bulls, for example, the ones that are like, okay, it's serious now. Teams that you
1: recognize. (laughs) Correct.
2: Like, like, so I'm not going to press you to do a Bahamas bull pick or anything, but I think like we could do the power. We'll definitely do the new year's day six picks and, I got to win something, man. You got to win he, something. The course he took the underdog challenge. You won this. I still finished over 500 in our picks against the spread at Sporting News despite a three-week slide at the end. There you go. And um, There you go. If you're asking me to get a good bull record against the spread, uh, uh, no, that, that, those are so hard to pick. Because yeah, especially guys, with the opt-outs now and everything. But we're going to try. We're going to get after it. You know, our listeners just check out my picks here tomorrow. It'll be fun.
1: Yeah, very good. All right, once again, yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's been a great regular season. Stick with us. There's a lot to do between now and January 9th when we will have a new or possibly a new national champion. Maybe we could have the same national champion. We, we uh, Odds are we do will have the same national champion in Georgia. But anyway, that will be decided on January 9th. Uh, a lot to do between now and then. Stay tuned. We will have another podcast this week, probably on Wednesday, um, where we will – Uh, break down the latest happenings. We'll see what's going on. We'll dive into the bowls a little bit and uh, check out the coaching carousel, the transfer portal and, and things like that. So once again, thanks everybody for joining and listening to the CFB nation all America podcast.